Patriot Radio, the podcast. So this time around, I want to talk about voting, because voting or suffrage, the ability to cast a vote in a democracy, is a very heated subject, and it's timely, uh, because right now in the United States, we're about to have a federal election in November where we're going to be choosing between two people who want to be president. And we all know how contentious this race is. And so what new element has been introduced is this notion of mail-in balloting. And the Democrats apparently want to make it as easy as possible for people to vote. And that the way that would be would be everybody could vote by mail. You would simply get a ballot in the mail and you would fill it out and then you would just mail it back and then that would get voted. It sounds pretty simple, uh, except that it opens itself up to quite a bit of fraud because uh, we all know that people move, people die, uh, things change, events change, and what you could have, and it could work for either side, but what you could have is a lot of people voting multiple times without verification. You could have people voting for other people, and with what's at stake with this particular election you can count on people that are going to be very desperate to have their side win. So mail-in voting could open itself up to a lot of problems. And the first among them would be delays, uh, where you would know who the uh, winner is for a week or a day, or you could think it's someone, and then maybe uh, suddenly a bunch of new ballots appear, and then people scratch their head and they say, oh, you know. So anyway, when, you know, so all the debate is about you know, how, to, how to make it easy for people to vote. And I thought, well, you know, there's a right way to do things and there's a wrong way to do things. And oftentimes, in this case, I can look to the Arantia book and they can offer some guidance. And I want to go through just a, a few minutes. It, it, there's just several different things that they talk about with regard to suffrage. Because in the spiritual kingdom, um, believe it or not, it is a truly representative form of government. Uh, and our representative government is nothing like theirs but it's in the right direction. So they have uh, certain things that they put into consideration, and apparently they wanted us to know about it as well because it is an important part of representative government for each person in that society to have a voice. And so I just want to pick first from paper 45 where they talk about what life is like on Jerusalem, and all of us will be going there someday, so... That'll be after we go through the initial training on the mansion worlds, the seven heavens, for those who might be familiar with the scriptural reference. Um, and here's how they describe elections on Jerusalem. And remember, Jerusalem is ru ruled by and administered by spiritual beings of enormous light. And so, and angels and seraphs, and also um, ascenders, people like us who've been around for a long time and we've gone through a long period of ascension training. So they say there's many elective bodies on Jerusalem, and they are voted into authority from time to time by three orders of citizenship, the material sons and daughters, the seraphim, and their associates, including midway creatures and ascending mortals. So three groups of, of, of uh, citizenship get to participate in the election process in the government of Jerusalem. The material sons, who are, we know them as Adam and Eve, who are permanent citizens of Jerusalem, we actually can see them. And then there are the seraphim and their associates. So the seraphim, the you know, all the orders of angels, uh, 
and then also the midway creatures and the ascending mortals. And we're grouped together because we're seen as citizens uh, of the uh, of, of material order. To receive nomination for representative honor, a candidate must have granted requisite recognition from the Melchizedek schools of administration. Suffer, and that means that the, in, in order to receive getting nominated, you have to have gone through schools of administration conducted by the Melchizedek teachers. Suffrage is universal on Jerusalem among these three groups of citizenships, but the vote is differently cast in accordance with the recognized and duly registered personal possession of moda, marancha, wisdom. So by going through a process of learning really intense spiritual insights, what they call marancha wisdom or marancha moda, that actually gives you a little bit more extra of a vote. Your vote has a little bit more meaning because I suppose the assumption is is that you're very, very intelligent and there's things that, that we value about your intelligence that gives you that little extra elevation in terms of your importance of your vote. It says the vote cast at a Jerusalem election by any one personality has a value range ranging from one up to 1,000. So you'll have a vote, but that vote may only have a value range of one. Or you can vote, and you might have a, a value rating of a 1,000, like you know what they were just talking about, somebody who has marancha wisdom. So Jerusalem citizens are thus classified in accordance with their moda achievement. Isn't that interesting? That's intellectual and spiritual growth combined. So your intellectual and your spiritual growth in Jerusalem gives your vote a value range. Now, how would we translate translate that to our world? What if in our country, people who had PhDs were given a value range on their vote? How would that be? Interesting, right? Or what about people who, uh, let's say they, they have a, a business and they have more than 100 employees and they show a record of community service. Maybe their value range in voting would be a little higher. Whew, boy, that would really upset a lot of people, right? Okay, then they're still talking about... Uh, uh, universal suffrage, uh, suffrage in the universe. Representative government presupposes an intelligent, efficient, and universal electorate. The character of such a government will ever be determined by the character and caliber of those who compose it. As civilization, uh, civilization progresses, suffrage, while remaining universal for both sexes, will be effectively modified, regrouped, and otherwise differentiated. So that's an interesting perspective, isn't it? So in the universe, in our, in our future spiritual ascending careers, in the different places where we'll reside, suffrage will always be there. We'll always have a voice in the process. Representative government is the rule. It's not the exception, uh, which is, by the way, as an off note, uh, why I think the United States stands apart in that way where we have where we started with truly representative government giving small states and large states equal representation on the senate level and then also setting up congressional the house seats based on population representation smart idea it gives everybody a vote and apparently this is the way it works in heaven uh, and i want to drop down a little bit farther so now i want to talk about what another world does 
in paper 72, when we learn about government on another planet, they're talking about a planet that kind of like is the U.S. It's been around for a couple hundred years. Uh, A couple of monarchs finally decided, you know what? Let's do this. Let's have a representative government. They've been at it a little bit longer than we have, and they're also going through a lot of phases very similar to what Western civilization is going through now on our world. So they talk about suffrage on their planet, and one of the things they say is that there are five brackets of voters, and they're based on yearly taxes. Uh, Their heavy taxpayers are permitted extra votes, up to five. So you can get one vote or up to five, a value range, if you will. And they say that at the time this franchise plan was adopted, the territorial method of voting was abandoned in favor of an economic or functional system. All citizens now vote as members of their industrial, social, or professional groups, regardless of their residence. Thus, the electorate consists of solidified, unified, and intelligent groups who elect only their best members to positions of governmental trust and responsibility. There is one exception to this scheme of functional or group suffrage. The election of a federal chief executive every six years is by nationwide ballot, and no citizen casts over one vote. So only their president uh, has universal voting, similar to what we're doing now with Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Everybody gets to vote for the chief executive. But on a local or regional level, Different types of leaders are voted based uh, on economic, industrial, social, professional groups, and you get more votes depending on where you are in society, how productive you are as a citizen. So that's kind of interesting, isn't it? It goes on to say that thus, except in the election of the chief executive, suffrage is exercised by economic, professional, intellectual, and social groupings of the citizenry. The ideal state is organic. And every free and intelligent group of citizens represents a vital and functioning organ within the larger governmental organism. But I want to go back one more time. Very important line here. Very important. We'll leave you with this. The character of such a government will ever be determined by the character and caliber of those who compose it. Very important. Because when we think about mail-in balloting, the kind of leader or leaders that we elect will be completely determined by the quality of the people of this country, or any country for that matter. So just some things to think about, some, some ponderings, courtesy of the Urantia Papers and the Revelators this time up. Pretty interesting, I think. Voting in the spiritual realm. I'm Jim Watkins.